0: That's right, the cat music is back. Again, this is not a melancholy in the infinite sadness episode of the SCO show, even though the New England Patriots just lost a game on Monday Night Football. A game that was surreal in its buildup, a game that was surreal on the field, a game that even though the Patriots are 2-2, two two, it's basically where we thought they would be when the season started. It's a frustrating loss because this game could have been so much more. And I'm not even talking about the fact that these were difficult circumstances for the Patriots to play a football game. They flew out this morning. They're flying back tonight. They were without Cam Newton. And Brian Hoyer showed why he's a journeyman backup into abject horror shows of situational awareness. You put all of that aside, I can't be that upset. At the fact that they lost this game, even though it was a game that they theoretically could have won. Because in my mind, given everything, they were playing with house money tonight. They were playing with house money. A game we had pretty much written off. And while we were excited to see it, I don't think anybody, even with Cam, was like, okay, they're definitely going into Kansas City and winning this one. And then when Cam goes down, you're like, well... No, they're probably not going to win this game. And then the circumstances and everything, it just, it was a house money situation, so I'm not going to get too upset. We're going to play the sad cat music because I like the sad cat music and it's my show. But the New England Patriots, they go to Kansas City, they drop a game 26 to 10. We're going to have the good, the bad, and the ugly from this one as we do after losses because I feel this game is at least worthy of that. And as I said, you had the cat music at the outset, the Slack channel, which was hop in tonight i wish i could have been in there more there are a lot of suggestions for other music such as yakety yak monty python benny hill all, all sorts of stuff even jessica brand with nickelback an early mention of take of the game is this the game was theirs for the taken you know two dropped interceptions two times in the red zone and they got nothing and a drop that resulted in a pick six that's from Truck via the Scotshow Slack channel. And that's right. You had two dropped interceptions, one by J.C. Jackson late, one by Devin McCordy early. You had Brian Hoyer, which we'll get to in the ugly, doing what he did. You had the throw through Edelman, which we'll get to later. And yet, at halftime, this was a 6-3 game. At the end of three, it's 13-3, and you're thinking, maybe there's something here. Maybe. Right, And this was at one point a 13-3 game. And we'll start here with the good stuff. Brian Hoyer gets pulled because Brian Hoyer needed to get pulled at the end of the third quarter. Jared Stidham comes in. It's 13-3. You're now on your third string quarterback in a sense. And you go down the field and you score and you make it a 13-3 game. And... You're thinking, well, I mean, they're showing some fight. They're showing some fight in a situation that was a difficult one to begin with, but they weren't giving up. And I will give them that. I know that's like, look, this isn't Paul Warner, right? You don't get points for second place. You could have packed it in at that point. You could have packed it in at that point and said, all right, look, Tony Romo is telling us that the deluge is coming. That you're not going to be able to stop Mahomes and company forever. They just scored the touchdown to make it 10-3. We've benched Brian Hoyer in favor of Jarrett Stidham. It's time to pack it in, right? We're just going to run Damian Harris, run him a bunch of times, give him the ball back, whatever, let's go home. Let's get back on this plane. Because we're not going to get to see our beds until dawn. But they did it. And I give them credit for that. I give Damian Harris a ton of credit. I give this patchwork offensive line that was starting Justin Herron at right tackle. Michael Owenu at right guard. Kirk Ferentz at center. Like, a patchwork offensive line. And for the most part, they did their jobs. Damian Harris showed you the burst that had so many people excited about if and when he finally got some run as their running back. He showed you burst on the inside, burst on the outside. And you can see flashes of what this offense could be with Cam Newton and Damian Harris in the backfield together. They did some creative stuff schematically. Some two-back looks. I love the design, and we'll talk about it in a second. You know, when you're out of the pistol, you show the inside give to Rex Burkhead and the slant from James White on the outside, and then they came to that later, but instead of the slant, they threw the seam. Like, they showed some stuff that when they get Cam Newton back is certainly going to work. And so Damian Harris gives you hundred for 17 carries for 100 yards, doesn't get into the end zone, but I liked some of what I saw from him. James White with seven receptions. It was great to see James White back. Damier Bird, five catches for 80 targets. Nikhil Harry, the touchdown. Solid fade route. Better adjustment to the ball. I like where Stidham put that throw. Stidham showed you some flashes at the end. And so I think on the offensive side of the football, there were at least some things that you could build on. Defensively, I mean, it's... Hard to pitch a shutout against this team. It's just hard to do that. And not in the literal holding them scoreless sense, in the slowing them down as much as you can sense. But the Patriots did that. I mean, I'm trying so hard not to play the what-if game with had Cam been healthy. But coming into this one, if you would have told me that through basically three quarters... You're going to hold them to six points out of taking that in a heartbeat. But tonight just showed you yet again how tough it is to hold this team down for so long. And the addition of Clyde Edwards-Alaire is just such a good acquisition for them because you focus so much time and energy and attention on the receivers and the tight end and worrying about Cam. And now you got to worry about the running back out of the backfield, too. It's just that extra element that you have to worry about. And you saw how you have to be perfect on every single snap against them. For example, Kelsey's catch and run. You don't get the jam on him from Winovich as you've been getting most of the night. That's what Belichick does to the tight end, particularly Travis Kelsey. He gets the free release. He gets into his route. He gets out of his break. And he makes the catch and he runs away from Jawan Williams, who... Again, I'll get a chance to see the All-22 later, but could have had a almost flawless night, but one slip up and you get the huge catch and run. They're just so late in the game. You play man coverage on a third down situation. What happens? Mahomes just scrambles for 19. It's just... It's relentless. Defending this team is relentless. And the Patriots did as good a job as you might think, and it was still... Just still too much. Some individually good plays that I do want to highlight. Just going through these quickly. Uh, Kansas City's second drive of the game. They had a second and seven screen to CEH. There was a great job by John Simon to set the edge and turn this back to the inside to hold it for no gain. Third and seven, the very next play. This is where they try a deep shot to Travis. To Tyree me, using false incomplete, and they showed Travis Kelsey getting drilled by Shalee Calhoun coming off the line with Williams in coverage. That's what I was just talking about, jamming the guy off the line. Calhoun decleated the guy. Bailey's punt after New England's second drive to pin them inside the five. That was a huge play at that moment. Uh, Kansas City's fourth drive, you get the turnover you need. Stephon Gilmore in coverage on Watkins punches the ball out. These are the moments that you have to create against this team and then capitalize on in New England. They got three out of it. They got three out of it. Um, you had the pass that go through Edelman's hands, the first of two on the night. Gunner catches it off the deflection, which converted a big third down. But then you get a first and ten. Later in that drive, you get crack toss, which loses one. Sprint right throw out, rollout. That gets thrown away by Brian Hoyer. Then you try the back shoulder to Harry. I was okay with that decision in the moment because it's kind of a low-risk type of throw. you put it to the outside. Either it's a catch or an incompletion or a DPI, basically. You throw that back short of the ball. Unless you miss it horribly, if you put it where it needs to be, you're not getting an interception there. Kind of a low-risk call. I expected that. That's okay with me. You get the field goal. Okay. We can live with that. Then, look, um, w- might as well talk about it since we're here. Whatever happened at the end of Kansas City's fifth drive, where you look to be the sack fumble, potentially a scoop and score situation, and New England just gets jobbed. They ruled it a sack. Gene Sterator came on, said that they should have let that go. Belichick's loses his mind and then they punt. Like that, that was a poorly managed situation all around. But you respond. It's 6-3. You got a chance for double dip here. You get into the red zone. You had some big plays. You had a shallow crosser on a second and nine to Nikhil Harry. Makes the first defender miss. Gain of eight. Third and six, slant to Harry. Again, great read, great throw, great catch. Bill Walsh would have loved this. Slant route, you put it on him. Third and six, this was the inside give to James White. Bit of a, shall we say, conservative call, but Joe Tooney on a great pull. Romo broke it down. He saw that everything was blocked, so he cuts up, and White just followed him. Huge play. And then you get to the 39, which we'll talk about in a minute. So, okay, halftime comes and goes. You don't get a situation. You think you might be able to score. Coming out of halftime, you go three and out. Then you force, you know, a a punt from Kansas City. Great job by the defense there. You get another situation. You get a good drive going, third and six. Hoyer pulls it down, jukes a defender, number 98 in the open field. I was having flashbacks to Brady, Jukin Erlocker in the open field. Third and six, Edelman finally shows you a great catch on an out route to move the chains there. Second and six play action. He looks to White on that slant, and he throws a seam to Edelman. Really nice design there. Then they come back a couple plays later, second and ten. Again, you show White on the slant. You throw a seam to Bird. Really nice design. They came to that twice. Then you get a third and eight situation, which we'll talk about later. Um, Final good thing to mention, the the touchdown for Stidham. And Stidham, yes, he goes in the books for two picks. One certainly was not on him. The other was, you know, a situation where you're trying to make a play and he underthrew it. I'll let that go. Um, But that was some of the good. Up next in the second half of the show, the bad and the ugly, and there's a lot to get to there. That's ahead here on episode 140 of this go show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 140 of the SCO Show. And just, uh, you have to go to Poyer. And look, he's a professional. I don't want to make excuses for him in this situation. It was certainly a, a tough situation to find yourself in. You find out basically Saturday morning with the rest of us that you're probably getting this start at an undetermined time. And you can't really come to practice because you have to be locked out of the building It's not a situation you want to find yourself in as an NFL quarterback. But this is part of the reason why you acquire a guy like Brian Hoyer, given the uncertainty you have at the position, right? A guy that knows the offense, doesn't need reps, all that stuff, right? And it would be be one thing if these were breakdowns in terms of concepts and schemes and not being on the same page with people. But it doesn't take practice time and reps – to simply know the situation you're in. And when you are out of timeouts prior to halftime and you're trying for one last throw before you either have to kick the field goal or whatever, you have to know that there's like a very small list of things that you simply, under no circumstances, cannot do. Throwing it in the middle of the field, short of the stick, short of the end zone, is one of them. Because you don't have a timeout. You might not be able to stop the clock. And the other is taking a sack. I mean taking a sack is like the unforgivable sin there. At least if you try to make a play and you get stopped, like, okay, you can kind of get you can kinda of get and understand it. But taking a sack there is just in excusable. It's just inexcusable. And I'm I'm sure that Brian Hoyer, if you he'm sure he's saying right now to the media over Zoom that yeah, I should not have done that. It was reminiscent of the Gronkowski hail Mary, fail Mary situation down in Miami, when before halftime of that game, Tom Brady did it. So yes, the great ones can make that mistake, but in a game like this, where you have literally no margin for error against this offense, that's just horrific. And then to compound it with the sack that he gave up in the third quarter, to just take forever, have the mental clock just hit the snooze button 17 different ways on the same snap, and then give up the sack fumble. They had two different occasions where they're inside the red zone in a 6-3 game where they could have at least tied and or taken the lead and they came away zero points. That's unacceptable. Even with the backup quarterback in this situation, in this environment, with everything the 2020 has put on our plates, that's still unacceptable. And you can understand why they made the move to Jarrett Stidham when they did. And so, that was bad. Borderline ugly. Borderline unforgivable. Like, simple as that. And the Julian Edelman, it's like a pull-your-hair-out situation. Because it seems like, at this point right now, Edelman's good for one or two just clear drops a game. And again, when the margin for error is minuscule at, at at its biggest, you can't have plays like that, particularly when it leads directly to a pick six. Like, it just can't happen. Like, mental errors of the magnitude that Hoyer turned in, you can't have it. And a physical error, the kinds we saw from Edelman, When we're talking about pros, you can't have the ball go through your hands twice like that. And I don't want to start the where are we with the Julian Edelman discussion because, look, this is a warrior. This This is a guy that has meant so much to this organization over the years. And, look, slot receiver in the Patriots offense is akin to being a running back. But that conversation might be looming on the horizon at some point. I don't want to say we're there yet because look what he did just a couple of weeks ago against Seattle. Guy can still give you that. But well, this was tough to see tonight. Some other things to highlight. You know, go through there had some penalties which were boneheaded. I, I there's almost no point to going through like the individual plays because the other thing I have to mention is what happened on that sack fumble situation or sack interception interception situation with Mahomes. There was a complete breakdown on the sideline there. And I understand that if you're Bill Belichick and you see that play happen, you have to be losing your mind that they didn't let it go, that they ruled it down, that they blew the whistle. But somebody, either from above or from the sideline, has to intervene and say, Coach, look, they're lining up to punt this ball. You've got to throw the challenge flag. And I understand that Belichick had some answer for Tracy Wolfson. I'm not buying it. Like, if you see them rushing onto the field, you know you need them to look at this play. Just throw the flag. Period. Full stop. Throw the flag. Make them look at it. And I know they might have told you, look, it's not reviewable. I don't care. Like, stop it. Stop the flow of the play. Throw the flag. Force them to have the discussion with you. And if at the end they say, look, you can't challenge it, it was a whistle, he was ruled down, like fine, but you have to throw the flag in that situation. I understand, look, he had the answer, they were saying it was down, you can't review it, whatever, it's a whistle. I'm not buying it. Like force them to explain it to you, force them to stop the clock, force them to stop the flow of everything. That's where I'm at. I'm sure we'll probably hear something else, longer explanation, but Gene Starter was saying the same thing. Like, you've got to force them to stop this. I, I I think more than anything else, forget good, bad, all the rest, we have to start thinking forward, because we got the Denver Broncos in an uncertain situation yet again, because we don't know if we have Cam back or not. Do we get him back? Does he get another negative test? And if so, is it five days, which means Thursday, which means we might get him back for a Sunday game against a team that might be starting Brett Rippin? Like, look, I... I don't want to go there now. We, there's time to think about Brett Rippin. This is where we thought this team would be. We thought to be two and two heading into the Denver game. But this Denver game is in a sense must win. Because you need to win it to get back to three and two. Because need I remind you of what's coming down the pike after this bye week. You got the 49ers who they get some questions of their own at quarterback, and they're not exactly where we thought they would be. Then you go to Buffalo, and that's a team that looks great right now. Then you get the Jets, and hey, who knows? Maybe they'll still have Adam Gates. Then you get Baltimore. And you go to Houston, and it's a team that looks different, but that will probably have a functional head coach by then. You get the Cardinals, the Chargers. Justin Herbert's looked good. The Rams, the Dolphins, the Bills, and the Jets. Some winnable games, yeah, to be sure. But I think if you want to get to where we thought this team could be, especially with the way they started with Cam and even that loss against Seattle, you have to have this game against Denver. So the question becomes this. If Cam can't go, what do you do? And if it were me at this point, I think you roll with Stidham. And I know this was a tough situation for Brian Hoyer. But I think Stidham gives you something else. Made some throws. Made some throws on the move. Offense seemed to click just a tiny bit more. Everything with, with Hoyer seemed like it was an uphill slog. And maybe some of that might have been Kansas City wasn't ready for him. Who knows? But Stidham seemed to have this offense moving a little bit better. And so if Cam can't go, I think you turn to Stidham. Against Denver and see what you have. Now, either way, if Cam can't go, you'll at least get a full week of practice and reps from whomever it's going to be. But for me, it's Stidham. But I, I can't lose my mind too much, even though it sounds like I'm I'm harping on Hoyer here and I'm harping on some of the stuff that we saw tonight. There were some th- some penalties, but like I said, it's not really even worth it at this point to spend energy going back through some of these plays because we saw what happened tonight. What happened tonight was they had a chance to win this game and they got let down by a lack of situational awareness in two key instances. This game this game could have literally been 20 to 6. I mean, maybe they don't get touchdowns, maybe they just get field goals. You still have a 9-6 lead. I mean, this game could have been so much different, but it wasn't. We know why. And it's time to turn the page. So I'm done talking about this one. It's over. It's done. Kaput. We will turn our attention to the Denver Broncos. I'm not even going to do film review on this one. We will just be looking ahead to the Broncos later this week. Until then, friends, you know what I'm going to say. Stay safe. Wash the hands. It's been a long day. It's been a long weekend. I'm going to bed. Stay safe. Wash those hands. When you do, send a lot. Bless those Patriots' reigns down in Foxborough.